Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. World Overcomers, hey, my name is Pastor Manny Arango, and I have the privilege, the honor, the joy of uh, preaching a brand new sermon series for us uh, for our Wednesday night uh, worship experience that's happening online for the entire month of September. Uh, you stuck with me, okay? Uh, I think it's going to be amazing, though. Uh, if, if you're watching this at the beginning of, the sep- of September, uh, I want to let you know that my book comes out on September 13th. So actually, the title of this sermon series is going to match the title of my book. If you've been following me on social media, if you follow me on uh, Instagram, TikTok, if you follow me on any social media platforms, you may already know that my, uh, that my book, my book that releases my first published book comes out on September 13th. Uh, and the title of that book is Brainwashed. Brainwashed. Actually, uh, the title for that book came out of my season here at World Overcomers. I remember I was a youth pastor, uh, and I took one of our students to hang out. I just took him to the mall. We're just hanging out, spending some time together, walking through the mall, and he starts asking me about, I mean, uh, all types of stuff. Like, this is a 14, 15-year-old boy. He's asking me about anal sex. He's asking me about tying up women and gagging them. I, and I was thought, I, would, I, I literally said to him, I was like, your brain needs to be washed. Like, your mind needs to be cleansed. Why, how, you're 15, like, how, how are you even talking to me about this right now? I was like, you've exposed yourself to so much garbage and so much filth. You've exposed yourself to too much. And at this point, your mind is full of toxicity. As soon as I said the words, your brain needs to be washed, I actually realized that if this kid is bold enough to talk to me about all the stuff he's kind of seen on the internet and all the ridiculousness that he's been exposed to, if he's this bold, there are probably students in my youth ministry who are not bold enough to be as forward and be as, uh, and be as honest with me as this young man. But the reality is that we all need our minds renewed. We all need our minds cleansed. We all need our thoughts to be wiped clean. We all need our brains washed. And from that moment on, I mean, me and that young man hung out. And at that point, I started going to a coffee shop every single week and just writing chapters of this book that's coming out on September 13th. And I began to ask God, what is the roadmap or what is the journey so that we can move from the mind of Adam, which is debased, the mind of Adam, which is insecure, the mind of Adam, which is full of fear, the mind of Adam that blames others, the mind of Adam uh, that is toxic, 
the mind of Adam that's dysfunctional, how do we move as believers from the mind of Adam to the mind of Christ that's full of faith, the mind of Christ that's full of hope, the mind of Christ that's full of identity, the mind of Christ that's full of trust, the mind of Christ uh, that is not depraved, but has actually been redeemed and renewed. Paul says this. Uh, Paul says in Philippians, let this same mind that was in Christ Jesus be in you, which means as believers, we don't just uh, accept Jesus as our savior, but part of accepting Jesus as the Lord of our life is allowing his mind to begin to govern our thoughts. We actually swap out the mind of uh, Adam and swap in the mind of Christ. We do away with the old mind and we begin to adopt a new mind. I'll give you a story that I think actually illustrates this and kind of frames uh, the book really, really well. Uh, and if you've already pre-ordered my book, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, it's available for pre-order until release day. Uh, so if you haven't pre-ordered the book, you should pre-order my book, Brainwash. You should support a black author. Come on, let's go. Uh, if you haven't pre-ordered the book, go ahead and pre-order the book. Uh, but one of the stories that I use in the book that I think frames the book really well uh, is years ago, back when I had graduated from college, I had this old black MacBook. I had a black MacBook, um, and it was really cool because Mac, up until that point, only had these white plastic MacBooks, but they came out with this new sleek black plastic MacBook. I was in love with the thing. I had it all through college. And like, I don't know if anybody's around my age, the cool thing to do when I was in college was like get everybody in your dorm and go in the photo booth and like take a bunch of pictures in the photo booth. It's crazy. Uh, we, we, I, I did not have a smartphone when, when I was in college. I actually had a sidekick. Anybody remember sidekick? Anyway, I'm getting, I'm getting, my ADHD is taking over. Come on, if you had a side chick, uh, not a side chick, a sidekick. If you had a sidekick, let me know in the chat. If you had a side chick, don't say anything in the chat. It, don't, don't let us know about your side chick in the chat. But if you had a sidekick, like the mobile device that you flipped open, it was real cool, let us know that in the chat. Come on. Uh, if, you, if, if you pick up my book, what you'll begin to see is the story the dominant story that really illustrates my point is that I remember going to an Apple store talking to a Mac genius because every time I hit update my software on my black plastic dope MacBook that I loved, every time I hit update software, the software wouldn't update. So I remember going to the Apple store and I said to the guy at the, at the front, at the you know, genius bar, I was like, hey, like, I've actually been pretty diligent. I always update my software. Um, can, you, can you help me to update my software? And he said to me, oh, actually, if you want the new software, you are going to have to buy a new laptop because your laptop is so old that the new software is not supported on this hardware. Sir, you don't have a software problem. You have a hardware problem. And if you want the new software, you are gonna have to get rid of your old hardware and get new hardware because your computer 
is outdated. It's not that there's anything wrong with your computer. It's not broken, but it's outdated. And new software cannot get put on old hardware. The moment he said it to me, it's almost like I begin to hear the words of Jesus saying that you can't put new wine into old wineskins, that you can't put new content into an old container, that you can't put old wine into new wineskins. And if you don't know why you can't do that, it's because as wine begins to ferment, it releases uh, carbon dioxide. And as it releases carbon dioxide, it releases gas. And so you need new wineskins that are stretchable so that as the carbon dioxide is released, the gas begins to fill up the wineskins and the new wineskin has room to expand. The old wineskin has already expanded to its full capacity. And if you put something in there that needs room to grow, it will burst the old wineskins, whereas the new wineskins has room to stretch out. I want to preach today, I want to preach tonight to you because a lot of us are attempting to put new thoughts into an old mind. You're attempting to put new thoughts into an old mind. And the thoughts of Christ cannot go into the mind of Adam. The thoughts of Christ cannot go into the mind of Adam. Because if you put the thoughts of Christ into the mind of Adam, they are utterly incompatible and you will waste the thoughts of Christ and you will break the mind of Adam in the same way that Jesus says, if you put new wine into old wineskins, you'll waste the wine and you'll break the wineskins. Nope. Put old wine into old wineskins. Put new wine into new wineskins. And I want to challenge you tonight because maybe you've tried to put peaceful thoughts into the mind of Adam. Or maybe you've tried to put prosperous thoughts into the mind of Adam. Or maybe you have tried to put uh, thoughts of healing into the mind of Adam. And I want to tell you tonight that you don't have a software problem. Oh no, sweetheart, can I tell you something? Brother, can I tell you something? You don't have a software problem. You have a hardware problem. And you are not just going to have to change your thoughts. You are going to have to change your mind. Change your mind. That sometimes in church, unfortunately what we do is we offer people who are operating the mind of Adam, we offer them new thoughts as if new thoughts are going to help them. The problem is we could give you a new thought on a Sunday. We could give you a new thought on a Wednesday. But the old mind that you're operating in, the old mind that you're stuck in, the mind that's been traumatized, the mind that's easily triggered, the mind that won't trust God, the mind that's stingy, the mind that is not generous, the mind that's been exposed to the debauchery and immorality of the world, the mind that's addicted to pornography, the mind that's full of lust, the mind, that mind, the mind that's set on prideful ways, the mind that won't go to therapy, that mind. If we give that mind new thoughts, you'll keep that thought 
all Sunday long, maybe keep it into Monday, but you'll never be able to generate the thoughts of Christ on your own. You'll have to keep coming to church, and now you're just as addicted to church as you are to anything else, and we've medicated you instead of actually fixing the problem at the root, and the root of the problem is not your thoughts. The root of the problem is your mind because the mind of Adam will always produce toxic thoughts. And the mind of Christ will always produce thoughts that are beautiful, lovely, admirable, praiseworthy, excellent, uh, pure. The mind of Christ is always going to produce thoughts that are in line with God's word, in line with God's will. And the mind of Adam is always going to produce thoughts that are in line with self-preservation uh, and selfishness and pride and fear. It, you cannot have the thoughts of Christ and the mind of Adam. It does not work that way. Now, I want to read a passage of scripture uh, to you tonight. Uh, and, and I love this passage of scripture. It comes from Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. If this is already helpful, let me know in the chat if this is already helpful. If you're saying, you know what, Pastor Manny, I have definitely tried to adopt the thoughts of Christ without adopting the mind of Christ. I realize that I'm trying to think more like God, but I cannot think more like God until I completely reject the old mind, the old self, the old man, the old woman. The Bible says this that I am a new creation in Christ. The old has gone and the new has come, or the old has passed away. The old me is dead, and it is futile to keep uh, the same mind that you had when you were in sin and in Adam as a new believer, as a Christian. The new mind that God wants to give you is a mind that's full of wisdom, full of faith, full of trust, uh, full of identity, uh, full of belief. Uh, the mind that God wants to give you is not a mind that generates thoughts that are anxious. The mind of Adam generates anxious thoughts. The mind of Christ generates peaceful thoughts, which is why Jesus could sleep in the middle of a storm while his disciples are freaking out, thinking that they're about to die. Okay, so we don't need to get new thoughts. We need a new Mind. We don't need new thoughts. We need a new mind. Let's go to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, verse 22. Mark chapter 5, verse 22. It says this. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Verse 28 is where I want to center our attention. Because she thought. Right there. 
because she thought. Because she thought. Because she thought. What does she think? She thought to herself, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. I, I want to talk about this woman because I'm impressed with this woman. Okay, I, I, I'm very, very impressed with this woman because this woman has no money. She has spent all of her money on physicians. She, she has no uh, physical power. She's uh, uh, burdened and under the bondage of sickness. She has no relationships because the flow of blood was menstrual blood in nature. It meant that uh, based on Jewish ceremonial clen cleanliness and, and, and ceremonial law, she could not sit on anything. She could not go to anyone's house. She could not get married. She did not have kids. So she's relationally isolated, financially drained, and, and, and physically weak. But can I tell you what part of this woman works just fine? Her mind. Her mind. Oh, 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 I, I want to preach because you may be saying, oh, my problem is my money or my problem is my health or my problem is my relationships. And I would look at you and say, no, your problem is your brain. Your problem is your mind. The reason you got a sickness problem is because you think you have a sickness problem. The reason you have a money problem is because you think you have a money problem. The reason you have a relationship problem is because you think you have a relationship problem. Your problem is never your problem. Your problem is the way you think about your problem. Because the Bible says, so a man thinketh, so is he. He, you are a result of your thoughts. If you think you're anxious, you do, you're going to be anxious. If you think you're depressed, you're going to stay depressed. If you think you're broke, you're going to be broke. If you think you're poor, you're going to be poor. If you think you're a victim, you'll always be a victim. But if you think you're an overcomer, you'll begin to be become an overcomer. If you, be if you believe, if you think you're a winner, you will always act like a winner. If you think you're a winner, you'll act confident and other people will just assume you're a winner, whether you are or you aren't. There's these videos that I love. Uh, these, there's this group of guys, I follow them on TikTok. Uh, they sneak into concert venues. Uh, there's actually a guy uh, who I saw on Instagram who during the finals pretended to be Clay Thompson. And by pretended, I mean the dude's already light-skinned. He's got kind of... He's got a Clay Thompson vibe, and he put on his a, a warrior's uniform. And and not only did the man get through security, not only did the man get to the locker room, the man got onto the NBA floor, like he got onto the court. Okay, he is warming up with the team, and you know what? It's because of his confidence that got. He did not have authority to be in the room. He did not have access to the room. He had confidence in himself, and that is how he got into the room. Can I tell you, your problem is not your money, it's your thoughts. Your problem is not your physical body, it's your thoughts. Your problem is not your relationship, it's your thoughts. Your thoughts will dictate everything about you. And the Bible says that she's not healed because she left the house that day. She's not healed uh, because Jesus decided to heal her. Actually, Jesus didn't even know what was going on. She got healed that day because she thought to herself, this is the last day I'm going to suffer like this. This is the last day I'm going to deal with this. 
and imagine what her thought process should have been. She should have had a thought process that said, no, it'll never happen. I mean, I've already spent all my money. I I've trusted so many doctors. Uh, I put my hope into all of these physicians and they keep getting my hopes up. Jesus is just like one of them. But the woman does not assume that Jesus is like any of them. Think about it. How hard is it to have hope when your hopes have been let down over and over and over and over again? If there's anybody with an excuse to not have the right thoughts, it's actually this woman. She's relationally isolated. She's lonely. No husband, no kids, no friends. She can't be relationally connected. Uh, it's unlawful for her to touch anyone or anything. So see, she's like a leper. She's relationally isolated. She has spent all of her money and she keeps finding new doctors and she suffers under the care of those doctors. And she still has faith to believe. Although I've been sick for 12 years, oh, today is the day that I'm gonna find healing. Today is the day. Today is the day that this issue is going to dry up. Oh no, I'm not gonna go into tomorrow like this. You know it's hard to have faith when you've been sick for 12 years. You've been suffering with chronic disappointment, chronic pain, chronic letdowns. It's hard to have hope when you've been dealing with a chronic issue for 12 years. But the woman is a mascot for us in this sermon series that you have no excuse for the reason that you think the way that you think. If there's anyone that had an excuse, it's this woman and she thinks the right thoughts. Her body ain't healthy, but her thoughts are healthy. Her money ain't good, but her mind is good. Her relationships can't do much for her. Oh, but her mind. She has a mind of faith. She has the mind of Christ. She has a mind of trust. She has a mind of confidence. Her thoughts are the thing that gets her healed. And so I want to focus over the next couple of weeks on five mindsets, okay? Because you don't just need new thoughts. You need a whole new mind. And a mindset is actually a system or a collection of thoughts that when put together, begin to form the operating system of your mind, okay? I want to give you paradigms or mindsets that you need to adopt. I'm gonna give you all five right now and then every week, we'll kind of focus on one or two of these dominant mindsets. I want to give you all five. If you're taking notes, write these down. Five mindsets that you need to adopt. Number one, you cannot adopt any other mindset. You cannot adopt the mind of Christ unless you adopt a trust mindset. Trust. Trust. Trust, that you trust God, that you trust that everything is going to work out, that you trust that he has your best interest at heart, that you trust that he would never leave you or forsake you. Trust is actually the thing that gets you through hard times. Trust is the thing that gets you through the valley. Uh, not just faith, not just belief, but trust. And let me be clear, it's possible to have belief but not have trust. The Bible says this, that Abraham believes God and it's credited to him as righteousness. 
the moment him and God start a relationship, he believes God. He has faith in God. He believes. He believes the promise of God that he's going to become a father, that he's not just going to be a dad, but he's going to become the father of many nations. He believes God is so impressed with his belief that God credits it to him as righteousness. So Abraham believes, but Abraham does not trust. How do we know that Abraham does not trust? Because the next thing that Abraham does, once it says that, God, that Abraham believed God and God credits it to him as righteousness, Abraham takes Hagar, has sex with Hagar, and produces a son named Ishmael. And this son is a son not of the promise, is what Galatians is going to tell us, not of faith, but of works. So Abraham believes but does not trust. He does not trust God's way. He does not trust God's path. He does not trust God's will. He believes God, but then thinks he has to help God do it. So he believes, but he doesn't trust. People who have a lot of belief, but not a lot of trust, these are people that I call ambitious. 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 They, 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 they doing a lot of work because they believe but they don't always even believe in God. Sometimes they just believe in themselves. They don't even sometimes believe in God. They believe in the stock market. They just believe. I call these people ambitious people. You don't even have to be saved in order to have belief. Belief will work. If you believe in something, it will work. This is called in medicine the placebo effect. That if you take a pill, they could give you a fake pill. That's a sugar pill. It's a placebo you could still get better because you believe. So belief by itself can do a whole lot. But I'm not telling you to adopt a belief mindset. No, at the root, you need a trust mindset, which is, uh, I believe that God will do it, but I also believe in the way that God is gonna do it. Jacob, you think about Jacob and Esau. Jacob believed that he was supposed to have a birthright. He believed that he was supposed to be the son that was blessed above his brother. He believed, but he did not trust. And because he didn't trust, he has to now trick his brother and deceive his father into getting what he believes rightfully belongs to him. Because if you get the right thing the wrong way, you'll never be satisfied with it. So at the end of the story, Jacob is still wanting to be blessed by the angel. He's saying, I won't let you go until you bless me. But the reality is that he was blessed at the beginning of the story. But when you get the right thing the wrong way, it never satisfies you. See, Abraham and his grandson Jacob are two prime examples of people that have high levels of belief but low levels of trust. And at the root of the mind of Christ is not just outward belief but inward trust. Trust is the foundation that biblical belief is built on. We don't want you to have worldly belief or a secular belief uh, or an optimistic mindset or an ambition mindset. We want you to have a faith mindset that's biblically rooted. And if you're gonna do that, that means you have to have a trust mindset. I'll break down a trust mindset to you next week.
Okay, number two. I want you to write all five of these down. Number one, you need a, a, a trust mindset. A trust mindset. Number two, you need a faith mindset. A faith mindset. You've got to believe that it's the invisible that moves the visible. That the invisible moves the visible. A faith mindset. Not just faith thoughts, but a faith mindset. Okay? Uh, that the operating system of your mind is based on a faith mindset. Number three. An abundance mindset. An abundance mindset. Number four, an identity mindset. We'll probably spend a whole week just talking through insecurities versus identity, okay? You need an identity mindset. You need to have a governing thought system that helps you not to discover your identity. Identity is not something that we discover. <laughs> there is no human that can discover their own identity. That is futile. However, you can receive identity from the Father because he knows more about you than you know about you. Okay, next is what we call an interdependence mindset. An interdependence mindset, uh, which is all about how you relate to other people. That'll probably be the last week of the sermon series and will actually then bring Jairus back into the picture. Because this miracle is not just about the woman with the issue of blood, but it's also about Jairus. Oh, Jairus is a big part of this miraculous story. I've got five minutes left. I want to tell you a story to close. So we've got a framework for the next couple of weeks, okay? Uh, we, we, we understand that we don't just need new thoughts, but we need a new mind. Uh, we understand that a mind has mindsets, okay? And thoughts, our interconnected thought systems begin to create those mindsets. When I have the right mindsets, those mindsets, when they are collected together, give me a new mind. That mind gives me a paradigm. It gives me a perspective. And my new mind helps me to see my finances from a completely different uh, lens or angle or perspective, okay? When I have a mind that is healed, renewed, and free, I begin to see my own he physical healing, my relationships with others, and money and finances in a totally different light. Uh, and then we begin to break down the woman with the issue of blood. We're not done talking about her. We're actually gonna talk about her uh, probably throughout the entire sermon series entitled Brainwashed. So uh, brainwash week one, that's everything we covered. And then we, I gave you five mindsets. I didn't get detailed, but I gave you five mindsets for you to write down. Uh, we've got to adopt a trust mindset. We've got to adopt a faith mindset. We've got to adopt an abundance mindset. Yep, I did it right. We've got to adopt an identity mindset. And then we have to adopt an interdependence mindset. Let me tell you a story. This is... Uh, pretty sad. It's a sad story, actually. Uh, my dad struggled with a drug addiction for most of my life. 
Uh, and I remember when my, my mom was, was just tired of it. She was like, you know what? I've had enough. I, I can't deal uh, with, with this man's you know, roller coaster ride uh, of this addiction anymore. And uh, I remember we kind of had a come to Jesus moment uh, with my, my senior pastor, the teen challenge director uh, for the region of New England, my parents, and me. And in that conversation, the church that I was at at the time was willing to send my father to Teen Challenge for either a year or two years, give my mom a stipend, pay for the whole thing. It was really his ticket to freedom. My dad asked three questions that I'll never forget. My dad asked the first question. He said, uh, do I get assigned a roommate? Like I've got a bunk bed and you assign me a roommate or I get to pick who I'm gonna share a room with. And they said, no, it's a bunk bed and we assign roommates. Yeah. And he said, okay, next. Uh, do I make my own food or I go grocery shopping or is it like cafeteria style every day where, you know, I've got to eat whatever you guys prepare? And he said, uh, yeah, we gotta, you got to eat what we prepare. It's a cafeteria. My, my dad then asked the third question, and I already knew where this was going. He said, is there a set time to wake up and go to sleep? So there's, there's like lights on, lights off, like there's a curfew uh, to go to sleep and, and a time to wake up in the morning. And they said, yeah, there's a time to wake up, time to go to sleep. And my dad said these words. He said, my dad, who had been incarcerated for 18 years prior to me even being born, my dad said, oh, no, no, I'll never do that. That's prison, man. That's not freedom. That's prison. And I remember sitting there and being so disappointed that what my dad saw as prison, I saw as freedom that because my dad had been traumatized, that now he could only look at an opportunity with the mind of Adam instead of looking at this opportunity with the mind of Christ. Because of his triggers, because of his trauma, because of his past, he actually didn't realize that the drugs he was addicted to was prison and that the teen challenge program with its curfew and its roommate that was assigned and its cafeteria food was going to give him freedom. He did not realize that we are not free to, but free from. Most people don't realize that the Christian does not define freedom by what we are free to do, but, but, why, but what we are free from doing. I'm not free to smoke whatever I want. I'm free from smoking. I'm not free to have sex with whoever I want. I'm free from needing to have sex with anybody and everybody. Uh, my dad, because he had the wrong mind, saw the same data that I saw, but analyzed it differently. And my challenge to you over the next four weeks is to fully reject the mind of Adam and begin to adopt the mind of Christ. Because like my dad, there may be freedom right in front of you. And instead of judging it as freedom, and running after it with everything you got, you will judge it as bondage and run away from it and actually see things that are bondage and think that that's freedom and run towards things that are gonna ensnare you and trap you and keep you bound. I want you to adopt the mind of Christ so that you can begin to see things the right way. Because when you have a new mind, you get new eyes, you get fresh perspective. Okay, let me pray for you. Uh, if, 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 the, if the message today has blessed you, how about you give? 
I'm not even gonna like talk about giving for a long time. I just want you to sow. If you know you struggle with anxious thoughts, depressing thoughts, lustful thoughts, uh, memories of your past that haunt you, if you know you struggle with thoughts that are not like God, I want you to do two things. I want you to sow into the offering tonight because you're sowing believing that the next three weeks is going to set you free. And then I want you to get the book, get my book, Brainwash. I want you to pull out your debit card. I want you to give to the, to the, to the ministry of World Overcomers. I want you to sow so that you can activate God's blessing that's going to be on the next couple of sermons. And I also want you to get my book so you can read. Uh, I can only go so deep in a sermon. I've written a whole book so that you can get free. Uh, let's pray. God, I thank you for the offering. I thank you for anyone watching. God, I ask whether they're watching live on a Wednesday night or whether they're watching this at a later date. God, I ask that this message of brainwash would minister to them. God, I ask that we would be like the woman in Mark chapter 5. That Holy Ghost, we need you. We need you to correct our thinking, correct our mind. God, we ask that you would bless both gift and giver tonight. Anyone who's giving, I ask that you would bless them. And anyone who buys my book, God, I ask that the revelation you gave me while I was at that coffee shop writing that book, that that revelation would hit them as well. That they wouldn't just be reading information, but that that book would begin to impart revelation to them. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Only you can do that, God. So I ask that you would. In Jesus' name, amen. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.